there, and welcome back to See and Free Studio. This is Jennifer Longyan, and this is where we come to talk about what makes us unique, special, and different. And I'm so excited about our guest today. Nick Lynch has been building solutions for brands to better identify and target audiences online. A cancer survivor and Make-A-Wish kid at an early age, Nick is very passionate about helping nonprofits who were forced into the digital age during COVID. So he started Kaleidoscope.io, an all-in-one social media measurement and data analytics platform for nonprofits. He's gonna tell us all about it and how it works, but Kaleidoscope was just named one of the top five social tech startups to watch in 21. Congratulations, Nick, and welcome to the show. Awesome, thank you, good for having me. Yes, well, I'm so glad you were able to join me today. Um, you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit through our shared commitment and passion for Make-A-Wish. Um, so, so glad that you could join me today. And Nick, um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, uh, where you live, where you're hanging out these days, and what you're up to. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm based here in Los Angeles. The you know, my story is kind of interesting. You know, from a from a professional background, I've been based here in Los Angeles. I'm from the Bay Area, but I've been based here in Los Angeles for almost 16 years now, which is kind of crazy. Um, but primarily focused in building advertising solutions for advertisers and brands to better target their audiences on social and digital media. It's really been my whole entire professional career. Um, but from a personal standpoint, uh, I'm a cancer survivor. I'm a Make-A-Wish kid, like you mentioned, uh, and I've been really, really close with the Make-A-Wish organization ever since they granted my wish and sent me to Disneyland and um, have really sort of been at the front seat and sort of this interesting intersection between where brands are going in terms of putting real dollars and real investment in um, from a social impact uh, perspective, but also seeing the, the many shifts and the challenges on the nonprofit side, but also the opportunities given the right tools and, and solutions to really kind of build, you know, build a bridge between the two worlds and figure out how collaboratively they can work together. That's very cool. And, and so you started Kaleidoscope.io. Um, explain a little bit about you know what you do um, with the platform and how it works. Yeah, absolutely. So it's you know it's sort of one of those fun uh, you know pandemic stories. We we literally launched this right at the beginning uh, of COVID last year, right around uh, at, at the end of uh, March, early April. So really, really right in the really beginning of all this. And what we saw is that uh, from a nonprofit perspective. Um, there was going to be tremendous headwinds going into um, the rest of the year of last year and even moving forward in terms of how nonprofits are going to be generating revenue and awareness um, without being able to do in-person events. And so what we were trying to do um, at the very beginning of this is really figure out how do we, from a nonprofit side, provide the right tools and solutions that were accessible to nonprofits um, to get them more up to speed from a digital and a social media perspective and help them understand the opportunities on social media and utilizing social media influencers. And on the brand side, you know, brands have been getting involved in social impact and cause marketing for a very, very long time. Um, but the challenge is, is that there isn't a lot of um, solutions or, or uh, areas where they can get a really good insight or transparency into what the downstream um, uh, you know, investments are doing for the causes. So they may understand sort of from a high level what their social impact is, uh, you know, initiatives are doing from a reach or an awareness perspective, but they don't really know, like, are those actually driving real donations or real volunteers? And so what we do is we sort of serve as that, as that true bridge, sit in the middle, and we connect nonprofits, brands, and social media influencers where there's vision and value alignment. And then once those um, collaborations and partnerships are discovered, 
we support them on social media and, and help them launch campaigns collaboratively and together. And then we provide holistic marketing and mission measurements so that not only can we see what those collaborations and partnerships do on a marketing side, you know, how well did this campaign uh, hit a reach goal or an engagement goal or an awareness goal, but also downstream, like did this partnership actually drive increased visits to the mission's website, increased donations to the mission, um, volunteer registration, whatever the main KPIs will be, but essentially provide that sort of two-sided holistic view uh, of social impact marketing. That's that's fantastic. And I, I really appreciate what you're trying to do because um, having been involved with a few nonprofits, I think we take for granted just how much of even just the fundraising and awareness is events-based. Um, and I mean, that can take yeah months upon months and, and complete staffs to try to organize um, just to kind of uh, you know make the bank so to speak and be able to support the cause and I love that you're bringing a lot of these nonprofits into the digital age and helping them connect with big brands that want to support them but also figure out what the impact is that they're making so such important work I am a big fan and I, I can't wait to get more involved actually <laughs> you and I need to talk <laughs> about how to do that um, yeah, for sure yeah so, Nick, you know, the show here is all about what makes you unique, special, and different. And, you know, I want to share people's stories with the world um, and ha give them the platform to talk about, you know, what drives them, what fuels them, what wakes you up every day. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, what's your USD? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because uh, I forever, I mean, people of my life have, have I've been shocked that I was a cancer survivor or that I was a wish kid. Um, it's never really been sort of a part of my identity or made me who I was, partially just because I've never really used it as maybe like a crutch or a, like a, a, a negative aspect. Um, but it really wasn't until um, I started building Kaleidoscope and thinking about how I can actually use my experience and, and really be able to be um, almost a channel for how positive uh, outcomes happen when nonprofit missions are able to execute sort of at like full throttle um, to where I really feel like where my sort of superpower is and where my, my USC is, is, is really around understanding the true power of, of a mission. And I, we always like to say is, you know, Jim, like what the power of a wish is, but really being able to channel um, and embody the, the outcomes, the positive outcomes of a nonprofit mission and really figure out how do we amplify those and utilize my experience and my knowledge to really bring all of it together to amplify and accelerate um, the powerful, you know, missions and opportunities of, of so many nonprofits, not just Make-A-Wish, I'm a little biased, but all, all nonprofits that are doing such tremendous and really important work on so many different fronts all over the world. And so I feel like kind of my USD is I, I, I'm able to speak multiple languages on multiple different sort of um, sectors, depending on who we talk to, but really are, I'm able to bring everybody to the table, really bridge the gaps and help collaboratively push things and um, missions forward. Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing. I, you know, Nick, for you, like you talked about, you, you started Kaleidoscope, and that's when this hit you that you needed to bring your own kind of personal experience uh, to bear in in working with these nonprofits. Was there a moment that that hit you that how powerful that could be, or a, you know, an impact that you saw happen that said, "All right, I got to bring my story to light in order to connect, you know, the mission to what what these organizations are trying to do." 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we sort of joke in that, um, you know, my wife always says, like, you never pull the cancer card, right? Like, I've never pulled the cancer card my whole entire life. And I pull it now every single day, not because <laughs> um, it's, it's something that I, I want to shed light on about a negative aspect of my life. But I found that when I started to share my experience and um, what I had been through and, and where our, our vision is sort of powered from, it dis, it's disarming. I think when people think about, you know, do you want to help nonprofits and there's money involved and you're going to be making uh, money and, and building things, I think there's a lot of things around well, where is your heart at and where are you really coming from? And I built this business because I've seen how powerful um, outcomes can be for a nonprofit. Like I'm, I'm a living proof of it. So I really saw that as I was starting to, I guess, pitch this opportunity and, and pitch this business and pitch the technology that we were building, I really saw that it didn't have the, the context or the depth um, until I really were, was able to pretty much make it my story and my own and this is how I'm powering it. And I think that that's the more that I have been doing this now, it's almost, you know, it'll be two years, you know, in, in March of 2021. Um, that, that this it's really the like the technology version of, of me and my story um, and I don't think it would have been successful or people would have been um, as open to hearing what we're doing and why we're doing it without infusing my story um, behind it so let me ask you you know in doing that and I don't know if that was an intimidating process for you to kind of get to that place and that comfortability. Um, but I know a lot of people struggle with that. They think, you know, I can't talk about my authentic self or, you know, be completely who I want to be. Um, and I, I hear it all the time, you know, I can't bring my full self to work or I can't, um, you know, share the things that make me who I am because there's that, you know, that there's risk to that. I mean, how do you help people overcome that in, you know, internal conversation they're having with themselves to say it's okay, actually it could be make you stronger. Yeah, it, it's tough and, and it's and it's ongoing, especially when you have a history of, of cancer and being able to think through, you know, what that meant to you and how that impacted you and your family and, and how it has changed your life and the trajectory of who you are. And I think that where I've found strength and empowerment in this story is the things that we're able to do with it and the good that we're able to bring and the people that want to collaborate and connect because of it. And I think that um, it just takes one time. It's really scary to share it, but it just takes one time for you to say your story or to tell your story and to see people connect with it and to see positive outcomes happen. And they don't even need to be big. They just need to be some small piece of, of, a, of a positive outcome where then you start to build the confidence and really start to build the building blocks of, oh, wow, this actually is um, empowering and there is value to me sharing who I am and what my story is and over time it becomes sort of like the pebble to an avalanche type of thing where now it really is who you are you feel comfortable about communicating what it is and it's just a, a freight train with no stop after that point. Yeah, well, yes, it is. And I want more people to have those moments because I think you're right. It's just, you don't have to go go big. Just just take the first step, you know, and, and put it out there. And 
um, and tell your story and uh, and then see how the impact it has on people. I think we've all found ourselves in some shared circumstances, especially through this pandemic. Um, and there's real power in, in sharing what you're going through and realizing there's a lot of other people out there that, that get it um, and have that empathy uh, and have shared experiences as well. So. Nick, I mean, you know, now you're working with all of these different nonprofits. How are you seeing your USD come to life and, and helping those those groups, uh, you know, drive their cause? Yeah, no, it's been super exciting. I mean, we've to date we've raised over a million dollars for you know over two dozen nonprofits, um, which has been fantastic, and we're super excited to accelerate that and, and do so much more next year. Um, and what's been really exciting is watching what I think, and you've probably seen this, Jen, in your work with nonprofits, is that like a lot of um, the challenges that nonprofit face, faces from a marketing perspective or not getting into social or digital media is that there's a fear tied to it. We've always been doing one thing and we've been doing okay doing this thing. I don't really have the time or the resources to test something new, especially if it's not gonna have the big outcomes that I want. And so what we're now seeing is that the pandemic is sort of, uh, you know, sort of you know slick the skid so to speak in terms of like i got to try something new and now lots of nonprofits and brands are trying new things to try to reach new people and get their audiences more aware and build community on many different platforms and so what's been really exciting to me is seeing the i guess almost the lack of fear of people really wanting to try new things and seeing those things work and then now having the conversations about okay how do we actually scale this we did something sort of on a small test it did fantastic way better than expectations how do we 4x it 7x it 10x it over the next one year two years and so that's been the most exciting thing for us is to 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 convince to do the tests to work together to execute those tests and then now start to scale them as we go into the new year so that's been by far our most you know proud and, and really humbling experiences working with all these great people yeah, and do you think this this adoption, you know, is going to take a little while? I mean, how far off are we from from a lot of these organizations seeing the benefit of of utilizing these tools in this way? Sure, I, I think if you were to ask me that question prior to COVID and prior to the pandemic, I would have said five, another five years, another mm -hmm. ten years, maybe. I mean. And, and, and look, if you were to ask nonprofits before COVID, they would have told you that they admittedly are maybe 10 to 20 years behind in marketing still, but they've had a process that has worked and they've used it over time and they're gonna continue to do that. Now that COVID is here and it's real and we kind of are seeing sort of light at the end of the tunnel and now we're starting to think what life means past COVID, I think adoption is, it, it happened so fast because of COVID, people were switching to virtual galas and virtual events and utilizing uh, influencers and streamers and doing charity streams and all these amazing things. And so I think we're now where it was five or 10 years now we're, we're in it. And now we're probably a year or two away from really seeing people accelerate and scale the things that we're doing. I mean, just, just last year alone, this is what they documented. I'm sure it was way higher than this, but something like $90 million was raised using esports e and streamers last year. So I mean, it's it's you know accelerate like St. Jude is a is a great use case in a case study in adoption, early adoption, building online communities, and really accelerating and, and diving in deep. I mean, they they own that space when it comes to creating uh, community and, and involving you know really an amazing people and activating an audience that's really engaged. And so yeah, we're we're here, which is really exciting. 
Well, we'll have to make sure that we drive more of these nonprofits to you uh, to, to get help there because I think you're right. We're past the point of convincing people uh, it's needed. <laughs> it's now a matter of just getting on board, giving it a try, and then making it sustainable and scalable um, as you grow. And hopefully you see a lot of, of big wins and, and all the kind of attention you're getting uh, to your nonprofits. So, I, I'm really excited, Nick, because I've known you those two years, and that's a lot of amazing um, impact you've had um, in just a short time. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been really fun. So there's a point in my show uh, where I ask somebody a random question, and you get to choose between 1 and 25, and that dictates which question you get. So do you have a uh, number, a favorite number between 1 and 25? 22. All right, Sounds that's my good. dad's favorite. Um, <laughs> he loves that number. Everything is 22. Um, it's a great number. It is. Um, if you could be the hero in one of your favorite oh. movies, who would you be and why? Wow. That is a great question. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sort of a nerd and kind of a geek. I, I love The Matrix. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And yeah, and there's something about and maybe just because I was always kind of a quiet kid. I mean, you know me as sort of the extrovert, um, you know, make a wish kid, but I am actually painfully introverted in most other situations. And so I, um, I think with Neo and, and the way that the matrix sort of rolled out for him is that he is this guy who really didn't know the, his internal power and the abilities that he had. It was this really quiet dude. And it took a lot of challenges and trials to get his, you know, his real power out there. And I kind of, I'm, by no means can I stop bullets or, uh, you know, fly like he does. But I think that, you know, I, I can kind of relate in terms of like it takes some, you know, some shaking and some some rattling and some really hard things to get, um, you know, your superpower out there. And so I'd probably relate closest or I would want to be closest to, to Neo. I think I think that's probably where I would go. It sounds really nerdy, but that's that's probably me. I love it. I'm, I'm nerdy, so I get it. <laughs> um, I think the new there's a new Matrix film coming out, isn't there? Like soon. There is. I think it's in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's uh, I guess worth putting on the mask to go to the theaters <laughs> and watch it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I've been sure. um, joking about trying to get my kids to watch it and see the old ones and see if they if they can really appreciate the storyline. But I don't know if they're they're ready for it. <laughs> but you know that's such a it, it, that's such an important self awareness too on the you know what it takes to come out of your shell and, and you know put yourself in different situations and build your confidence. I actually am an introvert too. Nobody believes me when I say that. Um, yeah. But you know, I do, I love one-on-one -on -one conversations, but you put me in small groups and I just kind of shriek and, and you know, want to go in the corner. Yeah. And, um, and so I think yeah. it, you know, it's really powerful to recognize that that's how you feel and that you, know, you got to keep putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations and build up your confidence because it's just the reality that we all live in. And that we need to relate to each other. Yeah, 100%. Well, Nick, you know, we've talked already a little bit about your story, and I and I got to hear it a couple of years ago, um, being on the board of Make-A-Wish, uh, you know, that you were a wish kid and what it did for you and your family and helping you through um, probably one of the most challenging times in your young life. Um, I would love for you to share why Make-A-Wish is important to you and why you want to support them today. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, especially when you're when you're sick and when you're a kid, you know, those those things are really tough. Not only, I mean, definitely for you, but your family in particular. I mean, when you're, you know, I was three, so um, you know, I, I I remember vividly that time, um, and you know, it it, it it requires so much of you and your family going through those different types. And being being a parent now, I, I cannot imagine what my my parents went through. But when I think through my time when I was sick, um, which is crazy because at three years old, I remember so many things vividly. Almost all of my memories are of, uh, of the, my actual wish, you know, getting into a limo and calling my, I think it was my grandparents on, on the phone and having my first flight from San Francisco to LA and going to Disneyland and doing, seeing the fireworks. I mean, it takes a, a humongously just out of this world experience to shift your you and your family's mindset and, and, and experience of being from being sick to sort of to normal it really yeah. totally shifts your your sort of frame of mind and, and your family's frame of mind and i 100 percent credit uh that for really making sure that um you know my cancer story wasn't one that i used as a crutch for why things weren't going my way or um, you know, things were a, a certain way when they when they shouldn't have been. I feel like I, I had a normal childhood. I did not even really know how serious my um, my illness and my cancer was until I think it was like six or seven years ago when I was really interested to to read more about it. And so I um, I asked to to get all the medical records. But it's I, I 100% credit Make a Wish for really powering my family and I through that tremendously challenging time and really, you know, course correcting what is a very scary time to kind of transitioning back to thinking past it. So it definitely helps the, the child and the family, which I think are they are tandem in, the, in that experience, um, you know, power forward. And I want to, you know, emphasize that point just in being part of Make-A-Wish and hearing your story and the story of so many other children. It's just that wish gives kids hope you know, and, and when perhaps they don't feel it, it gives their families hope that something is possible, that if you really want something, it is possible. Um, and that in itself can have such an amazing effect on their physical well-being and their mental well-being and emotional well-being. Um, and I've seen it firsthand now being a part of the organization, learning about your story. Um, and I, I just love, Nick, that you are giving back so much to this organization um, so many years later in your life, because um, I know you are one of our most active um, in our community. And, um, you know, here in Los Angeles alone, we have over 700 kids waiting for wishes. Uh, so every single dollar matters. Um, so we'll show the link again at the end of the show and you can easily, if you're watching this on YouTube, snap a, a photo of the QR code and go right to the site and donate. Um, you can always look it up online, uh, make a wish, um, and um, obviously tell them that Nick sent you. Um, he has been a <laughs> major supporter of the organization and wants to help other kids um, who have been going through tough times. Um, Nick, you know, uh, I would love to hear what's next for you and what's what's up with Kaleidoscope.io. What's uh, in the works? Yeah, I mean, so you know, moving into 2021, it's it's sort of two key focuses for us. One is can you know really look into how do we scale our brand presence and how do we really become a thought leader and a partner 
uh, for corporations, for brands to accelerate their CSR, their corporate social responsibility initiatives, or their environmental, social, and governance initiatives, so that it's measurable from a marketing perspective. It's one thing to execute things like a reduction in carbon or plastics and some of those other things, which are fantastic, or focus on uh, uh, DEI or, or, or equitability or equity in, in, in your business and your company. Um, but it's another thing to communicate those values and to really affect change publicly and globally. And so, you know, a really focus, a big focus for us next year, or one of our main focuses is, is becoming more of a, of a thought leader and a partner for the corporation on the brand side to, to, you know, to accelerate or to scale those initiatives. And, and the other focus for us is, is kind of, a, again, we're, I guess we're bridge builders and I feel like a broken record because we're talking a lot about building the bridge or being the bridge, but we do believe that um, as we start to expand and, ex and scale internationally, that being the bridge between um, different countries, whether it be uh, one, of, one of the big countries we're working with is, is Indian right now and figuring out how do we scale opportunities for India or Indian-based uh, nonprofits and causes, but utilize uh, Indian Americans and their influence here in the United States to start bridging those opportunities. There's businesses in India that would love to break into the United States market, and there's a humongous um, Indian American influencer and musicians and esports um, community here that has humongous ties to those communities back home or their families' communities back home. And so leveraging those those sort of bilateral opportunities and scaling those and measuring those are a big focus for us as we think about what international looks like for us moving forward. So those are like the two key things that we're trying to drive as we move into 2022. That's great. And so we're going global. <laughs> I love it. We're going global. We're going, We're going global. global. I like it. So um, if somebody is interested in learning more about Kaleidoscope.io, Nick, um, do they just look you up and, and contact you and see how they can get involved either on a brand, uh, uh, an influencer that wants to get involved, or a nonprofit? Yeah, email me. I, it's, I keep it simple. It's nick at kaleidoscope.io. So. You can check us out on our website. You can email me directly. And yeah, let's let's make some good things happen together, especially as we move into the new year. Wonderful. Well, I will ask all my guests from around the world to please support Nick and Kaleidoscope.io and all the work he's doing. It's fabulous. Nick, I have so enjoyed getting to know you over the last couple of years. I look forward to continuing okay. to work with you on the Make-A-Wish mission. And I wish you a ton of success. Thank you so much, Jen. I appreciate it. Well, everyone, uh, that's going to be a wrap of this week's episode of seeandfreestudio.com. Please visit us at seeandfreestudio.com. You can come to YouTube. You can come to Spotify. Anywhere you can find us, we're here every week. Thanks, everyone.